This morning's reading is from Matthew 28, starting at verse 1, which can be found on page 1000 on the church Bibles in front of you. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Madeline and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, then go in quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see him. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say, His disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews this very day. Great, thanks, Abby, very much. Let's, uh, let's pray and ask God that he'd help us to understand the Bible this morning. Let's pray together. Father, thank you uh, for this great account of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And we pray that as we look at this together this morning, that you would speak to us through the Bible for Jesus' sake. Amen. So if you could put the PowerPoint on, that'd be great. And uh, uh, thank you very much. Now, uh, if you go to the BBC uh, website, they will tell you uh, from time to time, when there's a big news story, they'll tell you, this is what you need to know. So there's a little section that says, what you need to know. So, for instance, we've had uh, uh, this couple just recently, Sergey and uh, Julia Skrupal, and uh, what we need to know about them is uh, uh, they live in Salisbury, and that some nerve agent was uh, found on their front door, that they've been seeing seriously ill, and uh, they come from Russia, and uh, they've been seriously ill. He's in hospital. He's still critical. Julia's just making a bit of progress. The policeman who was there, uh, uh, who helped them first off, he was in hospital as well, but he's been released now. And those are the kind of things that we need to know about, uh, about that couple, okay, and the stuff that happened to them. Now, today is Easter Day. And in a similar kind of way, what I want to say is this, is that because it's Easter Day, we're looking at Matthew chapter 28 and verses 1 to 15, and we're thinking about the resurrection, and this morning I want to tell you what you need to know about the resurrection. Uh, first, first part of the talk, I'll tell you about the first bit, and then there are two just fairly brief things I'll do just a little bit later on. So what do you need to know about the resurrection? The first thing is this, that the miraculous happened. Second, we need to know that we are therefore the joyful people. And third, we need to know that we need to be the urgent people. But first of all, we need to know this fact, the miraculous 
happens. On that first Easter Sunday morning, something quite extraordinary and miraculous actually happened. Now, tell me who this is. Okay, here he comes, rather quickly. There's a giveaway on his, on his shirt there, on his vest, you can probably see. Who is it? It's Usain Bolt, okay? And uh, it was um, actually quite a long time ago now. He set the world record for 100 meters on the 16th of August in Berlin, wasn't it? In 2009, he set the world record for the 100 meters, uh, 9.58, okay? Now, if I told you this morning that Usain Bolt is now retired, if I told you this morning he's come out of retirement, and last night in Paris, he broke the world record again. And in fact, he did more than that. He broke the nine-second barrier because he ran 8.99 seconds for 100 meters. Okay? Now, you would think, rightly think, that is an absolute miracle that that could happen. And I'm telling you, it didn't. Okay? That miracle didn't happen. But this morning, we're thinking of one that did. The miraculous actually happened. And Jesus came back from the dead. Now, there's some things here we need to look at. First of all, the women. Now, uh, if you got there, I like the idea that on the resurrection, the resurrection in our account in the Bibles is on page 1,000. There's something good about that, isn't it? So we're on page, on page 1,000, okay, in our Bibles. Now, here we go. Verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, on the Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look in the tomb. Now, if you were making this up, you would not choose two women. In those days, you, uh, you may have done, but, you know, you wouldn't choose two women to go and do it. Because in those days, they thought women, they, 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 they wouldn't be allowed to go in a court of law and give a testimony because they felt in those days that women weren't, you know, weren't capable or something of doing that. Of course, that's a nonsense. It's a nonsense. Real. It's a big nonsense today, isn't it? But, you know, if you wanted to have reliable witnesses, you would not choose women to go. And yet Mary and Mary, they were there when Jesus was buried, just sitting opposite the tomb, and they knew where it was, and they were the first ones there. Now, if you were making it up, you wouldn't choose Mary and Mary as your first witnesses. There is something uh, about this which says, actually, we're being told the truth. On that first Easter Sunday morning, actually, we saw something which really happened, and Jesus came back from the dead. That's the first little thing. Here's another thing. Uh, The tomb. Well, here's the tomb. And they went along there on the Easter Sunday morning. And it was one of those uh, probably quite quiet, early morn. I come over here uh, when it's just getting light on the Sunday morning just to make the heating on and so on. And uh, birds are singing. It was just getting light this morning. It was lovely. And uh, there was no one else around. And you can think of that first Easter Sunday morning that Mary and Mary, it says they were going to go and look in the tomb. And then, bang! I've just broken my cuff link. Anyway. <laughs> I have. Oh well. <laughs> and on, on that first Easter Sunday morning, extraordinary things started happening. First of all, there was an earthquake. You look in verse 2. There was a violent earthquake. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Not so that Jesus could get out but so that they could get in and see that the tomb was empty. Extraordinary things were happening. And then it says later on, you know, with this earthquake, all these, uh, these people uh, 
uh, coming back from the dead. That's happened on the, on the Good Friday. And then they went into Jerusalem and people started seeing them. Extraordinary. You know, there's an earthquake. An angel turned up. He uh, rolls back the stone. There's guards. Look at verse 4 here. This is great. The guards are so afraid. This is the origin of the, of the, of the, of the um, idea of someone being scared stiff, I think. So look at verse 4. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. They're going, oh! You know, that was it. Because there's an extraordinary and wonderful things happening. Actually, they went in and they saw a tomb that was empty. Now then, when you have that kind of thing, uh, it is uh, sometimes you think about, uh, you hear about the third thing, and it's the news. Now, um, two weeks ago, I uh, had a funny thing happen to me. And uh, what it was, uh, sometimes if you use a a cracked mirror, uh, it looks a bit strange. What you can see is a bit strange. Well, two weeks ago, I was looking out of my left eye, and it was like a cracked mirror. And I thought, that's a bit odd. So I popped down to an optician. They said, you need to go to the eye hospital. So I went to the eye hospital, thinking that uh, this is all a bit uh, possibly not very good news. And they said, uh, uh, they said, don't worry, you're just getting old. <laughs> well, effectively, that's what they said. Uh, I, won't, I won't bore you with the details. But they just basically said, well, it happens when you're getting old. Don't worry, it'll probably get better. Uh, probably get better. Anyway, um, so, uh, so what you've got, you see, so you've got the event... And the explanation. So the event was that I had uh, that funny kind of thing going on in my left eye. The explanation was, Moon, you're getting old. All right? Now, on Easter Sunday morning, the event is that the tomb is empty. The explanation? The explanation, as it says here, when we look at the Bible, you look at verse 6, and it says, uh, the angel said to women, uh, the end, well, in verse 5, don't be afraid, I know you were looking for Jesus who is crucified, and then verse 6 says, he's not here. Why? What's the explanation? He is risen, just as he said. He said he was going to. He's not here, he's risen. Come and see the place where he laid. So you've got the news there. The news on that first Easter Sunday morning is not just that someone's come and nicked the body or something, but we have got a resurrection on our hands. Jesus is back from the dead. So we've seen these things so far. We're looking at the miraculous happened. We've seen the women. You wouldn't choose women if you were if you were making this up, because in those days, in those days, they were thought to be unreliable witnesses. They went to the tomb. The tomb was empty. The news was he is risen. And then we see the cover up. Now this is laughable. This is absolutely laughable. So what you happen, what you see here, look at verses eleven to fifteen. This is a complete joke. Okay, so they make up the story. They do the cover-up. And the cover-up says, the disciples came and nicked his body while we were asleep. Look at verse 13. His disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. I've got a question. How do you know if you were asleep? How do you know it was the disciples who came and nicked his body because you were asleep at the time? How do you know that? That is ridiculous, but actually, that was a story that went around. So you look at verse 15, and uh, this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this day. There was a cover-up. They knew something extraordinary had happened. They knew the miraculous had happened, but they didn't want it to, and so they were covering it up. And then, you've got the meeting. So, what they do, the angel says to the uh, to women, look, go verse 7. He says, go quickly, tell his disciples, he's risen from the dead, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. 
So go and tell his disciples. And they're on the way. And then look at verse 8. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. He's not dead anymore. He's alive. He's met them and he says, greetings. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. The meeting with Jesus. They actually met him on the road. And actually, loads of people met him. On 11 different occasions, we read in in the Bible, there are loads of people met the risen Jesus. This is simply a huge amount of evidence about for Jesus and the resurrection. And what do you make of it? What do you make of it? If you, if you don't believe that this happened, what do you make of this kind of stuff? What do you make of what we've read in the Bible this morning? How do you explain it? There was an empty tomb. There is no doubt. What do you think happened? Where was the body? Jesus came back from the dead. And if you'd like to read more about it, we've got a number of these books just by both doors. It's called Love Story. And uh, we'd love you just to take a copy of these books. They're not just by the door, they're back here and they're out there as well. So do take one of those. And particularly if you're not convinced, because we'd love you to become convinced. And reading this uh, may well be a help to you in that. So we've seen the women, Mary and Mary. We've seen the tomb. We've seen, we've heard, we've seen the news. We've seen the cover-up. We've seen the meeting. Now, what do you make of that? This is what you need to know on this Easter Sunday morning. Now, I'm going to stop now and come back and tell us actually how it affects our lives today. For the moment, let's be sure in our own minds and our own hearts on the first Easter Sunday morning, the miraculous actually happened and Jesus was raised from the dead. So we saw in the first part uh, that we um, we have the are we coming up, Stuart? That'd be great. So we saw in the first part, thank you, that uh, the miraculous happened. We've seen the women and the tomb and the, and the news and the cover up and the meeting, and uh, and then two further things. So uh, doesn't seem to be happening. Anyway, um, if you can get that going, Stuart. And uh, so the next thing, we are the joyful people. We're the joyful people. Now, I'm fascinated that when we have a look at uh, the reactions on that first Easter Sunday morning. So, for instance, you've got the guards here, and they're, on a, they're just on a hiding for nothing. You see, they were absolutely afraid. Look at verse 4 again. They were so afraid of uh, him, the angel, they shook and became like dead men. And, uh, uh, and the women were obviously afraid. Just on that quiet Sunday morning, and then extraordinary things. That's great, thank you. Then extraordinary things start happening. And uh, uh, and it's not surprising that they should be afraid. So you look at verse 5. The angels said to the woman, do not be afraid. Of course they were. I would have been. I'm sure you would have been as well. Uh, you know, I know. I mean, he even knew who they were looking for. I know you're looking for Jesus, it says in, in verse uh, 5 there, who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Come, see what a place he lay. And he took them on a guided tour. We've had some Canadian uh, cousins just staying recently, and uh, a little while back we just uh, took them up to the uh, um, to the uh, Churchill cabinet rooms, you know, just at the end of Whitehall there, and uh, there was one of these audio tours, a guided tour. Well, there was a guided tour on the first Easter Sunday morning. The angel took Mary and Mary down to the tomb and said, look, that's where Jesus laid. Probably said, too, there are the grave clothes, and this place is now empty. And I want to tell you why it's empty. It's empty 
because he's risen from the dead. We didn't need to open the tomb for him to get out. He has already risen. I I opened the tomb so that you could see in and that you would know these wonderful things. So it just started a very quiet Sunday morning, a very, very quiet Sunday morning. And then it changed dramatically, didn't it? They were afraid, but then look at verse 8. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yes, but also, look at it, filled with joy and uh, ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them, greetings, he said. They came to him, they knew who he was, clasped his feet, worshipped him. And Jesus said, don't be afraid, just go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they're going to see me. They were filled with joy. They knew that Jesus was back from the dead. They knew that this was absolutely huge. They knew that this is a day that's going to change history, and it, it dawned on them, and it grew on them, and they began to understand more and more about it. And they were filled with joy. This is massive. This is great news. Now, there's a guy Yeah, he said this. The resurrection of Jesus is something to shout about. It's an explosive event whose fallout affects the whole human race. And there's another guy. He wrote this. God weeps with us so that we may someday laugh with him. And Good Friday, Friday was the weeping day. But the laughing starts now. We're a joyful people. The resurrection of Jesus changes actually everything forever. We ought to be the happiest people in the world. And Easter Day is a day of celebration. It's a day to party. It's a day to smile. It's a day to rejoice. It's a day to celebrate. It's the best day of the, it's the, best day of the year for Christian people. That's why we're here today. I mean, I'm leading the service tonight, and I said to Matt, look, Matt, we're going to sing. I want, you know, I want great big celebration hymns, songs that we're going to sing tonight. So come back tonight, continue the party, continue the celebration, because that's what it's about. We're a joyful people. And not just today, but every day, every Sunday. You know why we meet on Sunday, don't you? Because the resurrection happened on a Sunday. And every Sunday should be a joyful celebration Sunday. And actually every day of our lives should be a joyful celebration day of our lives as we rejoice and we remember that Jesus is back from dead, that he's alive, that we've met him, that we know him, he's in our hearts, he's in our lives, he's in our church. You may not be jumping around like those people at the bottom there, but we are a joyful, joyful, joyful people. And the other thing is, we're an urgent people, by which I mean urgent to tell the news to others. This is not something that we can just keep to ourselves. So, uh, um, so for instance, here we go, Some uh, um, uh, a guy said this, the resurrection morning was only the beginning, this is A.W. Tozer if you're into collecting names, the resurrection morning was only the beginning of a great, grand and vast outreach that has never ended and will not end until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And, uh, you know, for 2018, we have our wildly important goals, okay? There are three of them. The first one, a home where we belong. Second, and this is the one which is relevant for us now, really particularly relevant, it's this. It's a people eager to tell the gospel. A people eager to tell the gospel. Third one is a church that communicates well, both within 
and outside as well. So that's relevant too. The resurrection informs all these. But particularly, those disciples were disciples who were eager to tell the gospel, eager to tell the world. They weren't going to sit down and go, oh, well, maybe we'll do it next week, or perhaps next month. Oh, no, I've got a holiday next month. I'll have to be in the month after. No, they were saying, this has got to go to the world, and it's got to go to the world now. They were an eager people, a people eager to tell the gospel. And us too. So he says, don't be afraid. And then the angel says, go and tell. So look in verse 7 there on page 1000. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. Now we know about the going bits, but something I hadn't really seen before is the urgency to it. He says, he didn't say, well, you know, when, you, when you've had a cup of tea and you put your feet up, when you've thought about it, when you've let it sink in, then just, you know, maybe you could tell the disciples if you feel like it. That once he says, he says, go quickly, go now. And so what happened was the women strolled away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and went and had a cup of tea. No, it doesn't say that. It says the women, look at verse 8, hurried away from the tomb. They were urgent. They want to tell their mates. They want to tell the other disciples. And then, you know what happened? This began a movement which hasn't stopped and which has gone around the whole world and it turned the world upside down. And those early disciples for the, new, for the facts they knew were true, the empty tomb, the fact that Jesus was back from the dead, they underwent horrendous persecutions. Many of them died for their faith. The bloke who this church is named after, James Hannington, he died for his faith in a risen and a reigning Lord Jesus Christ in 1885 in Africa. And actually, this world needs to know the news about the resurrection. And it's urgent. We can't just sit around. We've got to tell this world, our friends at school, our neighbours, our family, whoever, we need to encourage and have the confidence to tell our world about this risen Lord Jesus Christ, this miraculous thing that has happened. We've got to be like that. And we've got to be like people just getting alongside quietly as well. Just an arm around the shoulder, a cup of coffee. I love to tell you about what we were hearing about yesterday morning, last Sunday morning, whenever at church, about this fantastic news about the resurrection. So let's be an urgent people. Let's be a joyful people. And let's remember that miraculous happened. Or to put it around the other way, the miraculous happened on that first Easter Sunday morning. Be sure of that. The miraculous happened. Jesus is back from the dead. And because of that, that life-changing, that world-changing news, we are a joyful people. Yeah, sure, life can be hard and tough, and we go through difficult times and struggles and all the rest of it. But underneath there, we have the most brilliant and wonderful news the world has ever, ever heard. So we're going to be joyful and we want to tell the world that Jesus is back from the dead.